come here rude boy boy can you get it up tonight i'm gonna let you be the captain tonight i'm gonna let you do your thing yeah tonight i'm gonna let you be a rider giddy up giddy up giddy up babe hello and welcome to stromash the scottish nfl podcast it all comes down to this it's episode 213 and it's our Super Bowl preview. Are you sure? No, it's episode 223. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Hello, hello and welcome to Stromash, the podcast of the NFL Scotland team, where it's episode 223. Over to camera. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get staff these days. This is the final game of the season. It's the big one. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. To pick it all apart, we have Paul Mitchell. We have Charles Parson. We have Jamie Borthwick. And maybe, if he can be bothered, get off his arse and dial in, we'll have Gordon McGuinness actually live from Phoenix as well. Live. gentlemen. Live, live from Phoenix. Live wow. From Fe- well, live for us, but not live for anyone listening to the podcast, because that's not <laughs> that's, that's not how podcasts So, like. do, but, do we know. know exactly where he is at this moment as we are recording late on Wednesday evening? Where is Gordon? Because it's what, six, six hours, Devin, what, seven hours uh, difference? Do you want a zip code? I, well, I'm sure he can probably <laughs> give us a zip code, but is he is he in Radio Row? Is he... Um, standing on the touchline in Glendale or is he in an Arizona bar drinking himself? So So, there was a picture I saw on social media earlier of PFF Sam Monson um, because there was a picture of Sam right next to a police officer with him looking like he's going through security right next to Sam was Gordon McGuinness. So Gordon clearly for me, he's not made it through security. Um, (laughs) Something has triggered an alarm. Um, (laughs) Perhaps it's his tin hat that he sometimes wears that set off some alarms. He is now under the uh, the watch of the, uh, the Phoenix Finest, uh, and we, we await to hear bail news. That we won't be paying it. That's breaking news for you right here. Um, but no, we'll uh, we'll hopefully hear from Gordon. He did say he'd try and dial in, but we'll wait to see. However, Gordon I'm doesn't matter. None of us matter. He does. I'm just surprised that the email to the police in Phoenix to go on the watch list uh, was actually accepted by them. You know, <laughs> I signed it on behalf of the I'm, whole team. I'm amazed he's allowed in the state, frankly, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he's bribed them with a couple of uh, Stramash Loch Lomond tumblers. And he's been let straight through. Oh, listen, listen, uh, our our good friend from Loch Lomond, Tony Brewerton, is making his way to the Super Bowl. Um Oh my goodness. As he's, li- as he's listening to this, he'll be on the plane. Tony, you better be watching something decent. Those movies are crap, right? Pick something good. Oh, what, Stop what, harassing. What, what can possibly you cannot go have wrong another beer. With, with Gordon and Tony <laughs> in, in Arizona on Super Bowl week. I mean, either, either we're going to spike through the roof in terms of ratings, or this is all going to come crashing down by next Tuesday. Don't talk about crashing down as Tony's listening to this on a plane. That's not appropriate. Right. Let's get stuck into things. Um, It's the Super Bowl, gentlemen. It's the greatest, most watched American sporting event of them all. Uh, We'll not get into any controversy beyond that. But we've got a we've got a plum tie. We've got the two number one seeds. Obviously, we've whittled it down. We've discussed this before. We think the best four were in the championship games. Over the course of the season, the best two are now into the Super Bowl. And it's all set out 
to be an absolute cracker, but is it going to be? Well, if you look at the betting, I mean, Philly start is 1.5 favourites. They're projecting 51 points or more. So, I mean, these things are are positive in terms of if you're hoping for sort of a big score and you're hoping for a close game. Um, You know, so the over-under is 51. Um, The Eagles are 10 and 9 against the spread this season. The Chiefs are 8 and 11 against the spread. And pretty much, you know, people can't really call them apart. As I say, 1.5 is nothing in a Super Bowl. I think it is going to be tight. Uh, And if it's tight, you know, I think you've got to look to the experience of Mahomes. I think we'll come out on top. Let me tell you about my Super Bowl traditions. Me and my friends, we always get together and we we eat and we have a few beers. And and when it comes to the game, we have a a little game ourselves and we each pull two names out of a hat. They're two names of players um, who are likely to, to receive passes during the game. And if your player receives a pass, you have to do a shot of one of the drinks that we have brought along. Um, have you cast your mind back a few years to the New England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons? A man called James White broke the record for the amount of receptions in a Super Bowl. It was 14. He also had three touchdowns, and it's part of our game. that If there's a touchdown, you also have to take a drink from the selection. So I was 17 just from uh, Mr. White alone, um, adding up the other touchdowns in the game. And I can't even remember, well, I can't remember anything about the evening, but I certainly can't remember who my other receiver was. I ended up having to take 28 large sips from our selection. So all I can say is I'm hoping for not a very high scoring Super Bowl and lots of running. Or you're also hoping you don't pick Travis Kelsey out. <laughs> No one's going to want that's that's going to have to be the heated ball in that. That is the one, isn't it? I think um, I think this Super Bowl and how who wins it ultimately rests on if the the Eagles can stop Travis Kelsey, Um, because the Chiefs were as an offensive unit utterly formidable for about three or four years with Kelsey and Tyree Hill. The fact that they've gone back to the Super Bowl without Tyree Hill and with Kelsey, who's now at, I mean, we thought he was at the peak of his powers last year, the year before. He's actually had an even better year. He and Mahomes have this telepathic connection, which was obviously on display in the championship game and in the divisional round. And I think if you're Philadelphia and you stop him and you keep him under 100 yards and you force Mahomes to make a throw that he maybe doesn't want to throw, you just keep him moving around on that bum ankle that he's got I think you win the game I think that it's you know we can overthink these things sometimes um, when we talk about big matchups and we'll bash on about different you know um, you know units colliding offensive line defensive line and Jalen Hurts and stuff for me it's pretty simple if Travis Kelsey gets loose and Mahomes and him have a day I think Kansas City win and if they keep keep him under wraps because that Philadelphia defense is is in my view the the best unit in the game, then I think the Eagles are winning it. In 17 regular season games, the Eagles recorded 70 sacks. How much do we think Patrick Mahomes' ankle and how fully healed that is is going to come into play 
because he's going to have to be on his tippiest of tippy toes to in- ensure that he evades them all afternoon long. And this is a, it's not just sacks. This is a hard hitting sacking team. Yeah. And that's, I think, I think you're absolutely bang on with that, but that's where I think that's why Kelsey's the key to all this because he can play, you know, he can stretch the field. He can, you know, take the intermediate routes, but he can, he comes behind, you know, the line of scrimmage as well. And the, he, he's a screen option too. So if Mahomes has to stand in the pocket and get rid of it quickly, he's going to look for, you know, for his tight end. He's going to look for number 87. So if you're, if you're forcing Mahomes into a situation where he's scrambling or he's looking downfield for Marquez Valdez Scantling, who is a brilliant deep threat, but drops the ball every now and then, or he's looking for Juju Smith-Suster, then you're playing, um, if you're the Eagles, you're playing Mahomes the right way. You do not want to give him space, Kelsey, because then they can just keep the chains moving and they are now running the ball, the Chiefs. So you have got to take out that threat. Mahomes is only going to be as good, in my view, in the game, because as good as, as that link-up can be with his tight end. And so, yeah, the pass rush of the Eagles is absolutely massive to kind of keep him in the pocket, but they can he can still kill them in the pocket. That's the thing. So I think they just cut down the tight end. I think they, they double cover him all game and then they see what happens. Take your risks on that. I think you'll be ready. Yeah, I think quickly, but it, it's not just it's not just Kelsey. I think they've got threats in Pacheco and in uh, in Tony from that as well. I think they can they can build wide receiver screens around there. He's going to be ready to get the ball out of his hands quickly, but it's not just all about about Kelsey. And I think that that's how they're going to build their offense this week. I think you're spot on. I think the the fact that they will build the offense around Mahomes getting rid of the ball really, really quickly. So that, that negates the pass rush coming through. I mean, l- looking at um, various things, it's it's always been interesting to see the stats. You know, he was really influential, Kelsey, against Jacksonville, arguably less so against Cincinnati. Yeah. I, we talk as well about Pacheco and Kelsey, though. I think there's so much there. Jarek McKinnon has chipped in with a lot. Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Tony that we talked about. There's so many options there, and they're all different pieces. So the Eagles are going to have to stay on their toes to make sure that they're able to adapt to the scheme that the Chiefs throw at them. Andy Reid's been here and done it as well multiple times. Uh, Nick Sirianni obviously doesn't have that same experience, so I wonder how much that's going to come into play. But certainly, we talk about Kelsey. You eliminate the Kelsey threat somehow. I don't even think double coverage eliminates Kelsey. So you have to put pressure on Mahomes. You have to make him try and find another option because while those other guys are great, I don't know that any of them are as nearly as reliable. Uh, And that's where you start to then try and force the Chiefs into a couple of three and outs. You get the ball back. But then on the other side of that, you got to be uh, impressive yourself. Uh, And I think that the uh, the Eagles are very, very good on offense. Um, and I think that the, the advantage here is, is the Chiefs' defense strong enough to, to match the Eagles' offense in the same way that we know the Eagles' defense could match the Chiefs' offense? Well, I think the, the, the Chiefs' defense is built around um, some very good rookie corners, and it's also built around Chris Jones. And Chris Jones, I was banging on about Chris Jones about four years ago, five years ago, because I thought he was underrated. And he's now... You could argue this year he surpassed Aaron Donald in terms of his performance. Although you know we all know how amazing Aaron Donald is as a player, 
he's been the best nose tackle in, in the game. And if if he gets a push up the middle, then it forces Jalen Hurts to run. Now, actually, do you want Jalen Hurts scrambling around? Probably not. Do you want Jalen Hurts in the pocket where he's contained? Arguably, I think the cliche is yes, but Jalen Hurts has shown he can throw the ball. So what they have to do is a pass rush with Frank Clark um, and and whoever else is supporting them is actually to 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 put Jalen Hurts in a position where he's having to throw the ball and actually confusing him. And Steve Spagnuolo, who's the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, has made a habit of doing that over the course of time. Against he's never come up against Jalen Hurts, so Jalen Hurts he will have to have a game plan for a player that he's not dealt with. But Jalen Hurts has not seen a Kansas City defence, which on its day can be very dangerous in terms of blitzing and pass rushing. I think it's a really interesting matchup. I I have more faith in the Philadelphia offence scoring points than I do the Kansas City offence scoring points, if only for the fact that they've done it consistently over the course of the season. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point you make, but I've still got faith in Mahomes moving the ball. A lot might depend on his ankle and how he is, but I think Jamie referenced it earlier. I think they'll have the place scripted and ready to go, and I still think they've got a lot of threats all over the place. Um, and I don't think we should underestimate necessarily the the, the defence. You know, you mentioned Chris Jones, Lajarius Sneed, who sounds like one of these made-up names that you used to see in these videos that people made. He's been absolutely tremendous. I, I think they've got a real lot of talent. You know what, it might just come down to, on the day, which quarterback looks after the ball better. You know, it could just be small margins like that that decide this one. And Mahomes has thrown, like, double the interceptions that Hearts has thrown. Fine. You know, you look at Mahomes, the, the attempts is substantially greater over the season. 460 attempts for Hearts versus 648 for Mahomes. If you look at the percentage, it's pretty marginal. You look at the yards average, it's pretty marginal. However, obviously, like, 1,500 more yards overall, 41 touchdowns to 22, 12 interceptions to 6, However, obviously, uh, Hertz has chipped in with 20, sorry, 13 touchdowns on the ground to Mahomes' four. It's that ground threat from Hertz that makes it very difficult to, to deal with. Um, and if we think about this, of the two Super Bowls that the Chiefs have played in, I feel like this one is a bit more... I actually, I don't think they faced anything like this. Pro, I was going to say the Niners is the closest, but I don't even know that it is because the ground threat wasn't really there from the quarterback. It was the the ground threat was through Moster and those guys. With Brady, obviously, you've not got a ground threat at all. They've not faced a Jalen Hurts type quarterback in any of the Super Bowls so far. I was going to say this based on just how strong Philadelphia are. If Mahomes is to lead Kansas to win this, then that's. I mean, that's that's pretty much solidifying a legendary status, isn't it? They're up against an incredible machine, as has been proven over the over the year. And it's hard to see around any. It's hard to get past just how good Philadelphia are in every single facet on their roster. And we can only hope to just the fact that nobody likes them and nobody wants them to win is going to come <laughs> through and save them. Oh, yes. Here we go. So I particularly enjoyed Christian McCaffrey's response in his interview with Andrew. Uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong because that's what I do. Siciliano. Um, yes. Yeah, Siciliano. Um, Christian McCaffrey saying, you know, I want both teams to lose. And, and I love it. It's bitter. It's angry. 
Uh, and I think there will be a lot of fans out there that yeah, have this sort of feeling. It's more than a week ago. God almighty. But <laughs> from, a neut- from a neutral point of view, if you take the fandom out of it, because I do think there's a fear having gone through the Brady dynasty and kind of getting a bit sick of the Patriots in the Super Bowl, unless you're a Patriots fan. I don't think anyone at any point towards the end went, oh, good, the Patriots have made it again. Um there's a threat that we start to get into the situation with the Chiefs. There's great talent we've seen come out of the AFC. Now, obviously, they didn't do it last year. The Bengals managed to get them. But that's not knocked the Chiefs down a peg at all. It's not no, knocked their ability. But the, Well, but the Chiefs, you can love the Chiefs because they've got Mahomes, because they're attractive to watch, and because they're unpredictable. I think Brady and the, the Patriots was different. They were a metronomic machine. They were not an attractive team to, to watch or to love. That's my opinion, having watched 20 years of, of them. And I mean, the year that the year that they went uh, 16-0 and with Randy Moss, they were pretty darn good to watch. But then you had the fairy story of the Giants knocking them off when they were trying to, you know, equal Dolphins. And it's, um, I don't, I know you could never fall in love with the Brady Patriots. You can definitely admire and appreciate them, but you cannot, you cannot fail to be thrilled by Kansas City and by Patrick Mahomes. But I would agree with Jamie. This is a massive, massive task. And actually, the machine that is Philadelphia is incredibly impressive. And there's a great admiration for them. But I don't think they're a beautiful team to watch. And there's, there is an art to, to some you know, high elements of sport, high-end elements of sport. And watching Mahomes is just thrilling. It's just fab. It's a bit. Joe Burrow's getting to that point as well. Watching the the Bengals as well. You know, it's just there's that thrill element to it. And you know, I would say that most of the neutrals out there will be rooting for the Chiefs. Are you gonna draw draw parallels between you know the Patriots dynasty and and what is becoming one with the Chiefs? It, it comes down to the fact that it's a bit boring to see the same teams in the Super Bowl every year. But also, I think it might get boring seeing teams popping up and winning Super Bowls every year just because they've built an expensively assembled team of veterans who are there for one year and then they all go off and make money somewhere else, as we saw with the Rams last year. And frankly, I think we're going to be seeing with the Eagles as well because they can't hold on to all of these incredibly strong pieces for much longer. So... (sighs) I, I, I don't think that building that actually building from the ground up with a stud quarterback and doing it organically and building a team that can return to a Super Bowl year on year is in any way more tedious than seeing whoever just being able to get it right with getting the right pieces for the right money escaping under the cap and then seeing it disintegrate the year after would be as well. It is, and I, I feel like we're now we're dripping into postseason chat. And I'm not trying to drag down any Eagles fans listening to this, but if you look at the free agents in 2023, quite a list of players on that list. Um, well, they've uh, got a quarterback though under his rookie contract. Indeed. Fair enough. They've got and they've got one of the one of their top two receivers is under a rookie contract as well. So, you know, I, I would I take Jamie's point, and there's a little bit of NEC NFC. East bitterness in there, and there's no nothing wrong with that. There's a wee barber, scandalous, too. scandalous suggestion. Possibly, uh, maybe it's the PR man in me. I don't know. Um, I would, 
I would suggest that the Eagles have got a better chance of hanging around than the Rams do because they've got draft picks and because I think that they've got a far more they've, they've got a far cuter way of building their roster. They have loaded up. They were planning to load up. They've done it. They've got to the Super Bowl. I think they'll still be probably favourites to go back there next year. And then maybe the year after that, you've got a problem. But there are very creative ways of uh, managing your roster and your salary cap. And I mean, that, that's just because we all know what's happening in 2024. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And yeah. that's it. So it's it's the, the it's the Niners and the Eagles are in the championship game again next year, probably. Uh, and the Eagles continue to edge it. However, the following year, that's how the Niners tick it up a notch. Um, obliterate them. Obliterate yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but some teams are acceptable, I think, to build in the way that the Rams built. I think there are other teams that won't accept that. The fan bases won't accept that. They want a sustained period of success. I think teams like the Rams, and I might be doing some of their fans down, probably don't care. They don't seem to be overly concerned at the way that their team has dropped off a cliff this year. So I think it depends who you are. I think we've seen in all sports examples, the NBA, we've seen it in baseball, of teams building, winning, and just getting absolutely exploded apart. It does happen. There's there's different paths you can take. Personally, I like, I like what the Eagles have done, the fact they've got a really good quarterback on the rookie deal. They've got a good receiver on a rookie deal. So you can throw some money about, you know, and take your chance to win while you've got a a rookie quarterback. Can I just ask, I'm going to do a quick quiz for you here because I feel like this. Teams wearing white jerseys have won 15 of the last 18 Super Bowls. Probably no surprise, therefore, that Kansas have gone for white. Name the three teams to have won wearing a coloured jersey over the last 18 Super Bowls. Eagles. Correct. Packers. Correct. Ravens. Patriots. Oh, no, the Ravens isn't. It's not the Ravens. Did New England not win in blue at one point or another? The Green Bay Packers won over the Steelers. The Eagles won over the Patriots. And the Chiefs won over San Francisco. Oh, yeah, good point. He's wiped yeah, that game from his memory. So yeah, I can't remember. Colin, uh, you never expect Cameron to remember that. So. I've not wiped the game from my memory. Every time I watch my TV, uh, the Patrick Mahomes Memorial Television, it's, uh, it's a reminder to me of that game. But it, you know what? It's a, it's a fucking great telly, so I'll accept it. Right. Um, what... <laughs> <laughs> what do we see this actually being, right? Like, and, and listen, Eagles fans, we went a wee bit Debbie Downer there. We, we're representing Gordon just because he's not here. Um, there's lots to be excited about. This isn't one and done. The NFC's trash. You've got plenty of years ahead of you to do well. But what do we see coming from this game specifically? Do we think this is an edgy game where the defences are going to rule? Or do we think this is a slinging match? You know, we talked about the over-under there being 50 points. It feels low for me. I feel like I'm taking the over on that all day long. So am I. I would take the over on it, but I I have a concern that if the Eagles get off to a flyer, it could become a bit of a mismatch. And I do worry that I don't think when Mahomes is ever in a mismatch. Yeah, well, we unless he's injured, well, unless he's injured, he wasn't injured two years ago. Fair enough, he didn't have his two um, his two bookends, but he got absolutely marmalized by Tampa Bay. So it has happened. It has happened in the past, and he was he wasn't injured then. I think Kansas City have got absolutely a good chance of winning, but I've got I think that there's if there's going to be a blowout, it's only going one way, and it's coming from 
It's coming from the Eagles. And that's, we talked about this before the championship games and it happened in the championship games. Um, albeit there was injuries and stuff like that. The question for me about Philadelphia is, have they actually been tested this season? And the mentality around that squad, is it? do they think that they're unbeatable? Do they have any kind of little lingering doubts and questions about, oh, what happens if we come up against a good team and we have to chase? I think if you're Kansas City, you have got to get off to a flyer. You win the toss, you want the ball. And you want to try and go up and go seven points up. And then you want your defence to come out firing. And you just want to put a bit of doubt in Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni's heads. You know, there's a narrative there. And I think you need to start playing to that because you're the team that's been at the Super Bowl a couple of times. You've won a Super Bowl. You don't have anything to prove. Eagles have got everything to prove. Everything to prove. This is a completely different roster to the one that won in 2018. So the, I think there's an expectation out there that the Eagles are going to win this. And I'm I'm actually surprised that they're only, what, one point, two point favourites? I'd be inclined to say that they're more, more than that. <laughs> My only problem with Eagles is one of the few times I actually sat and watched them, okay, they had Garner Minshew at quarterback, was when they got beat by the Saints. And the Saints are a terrible team. And, you know, you would think, okay, you can't blame it all on the offense. I mean, the defense only gave up 20 points, but they just didn't look good. So have I just caught them on a bad day? Or are they capable of doing that? Well, you said it yourself, Garner Minshew was the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that didn't stop the defense from, you know, from playing well, which they didn't particularly play well on that day. So, you know, so you've got little, I've got little worries about Philadelphia from, from that point of view. Um, they've done what they've had to do to get there. I thought, I, I was slightly surprised how easily they handled San Francisco. And I think that should have quieted many of the doubters. Um, they handled not- us though because we didn't have a quarterback. Like mm, I yeah, get it. Even before that, though, they the, the Niners didn't really look. I mean, the, what, the before Niners that, were, the, the Niners were had on. three Niners, throws. Stop! <laughs> shut up! We're not talking about your team anymore. The Niners were hanging on, and they would never have won the game anyway. Let's be honest. So, we're literally just talking about it. our team. No, no. Paul brought it up. We all know that they wouldn't have won the game even if they had a quarterback. So not like, nonsense. Revisionist yeah. pitch. Oh, sorry. No, it's not revisionist pitch. But I, you don't believe in them because you thought they would win in twenty twenty four. So let you don't it's have. True. You're not allowed to have an opinion when you bet against your team every week. Stop. <laughs> Park it. Park it. I think, Paul, I think ultimately, I think most people were surprised that they were won as easily as they did, but then they won easily the week before. And again, that's this comes back to the question, have they actually been tested this year? I mean, they blew out Dallas. Dallas were meant to be a decent team and we found out that Dallas were just not, they were okay, but not brilliant. So, do you know, I, I think there's a lot of questions about the Eagles that may only be answered this Sunday. We'll normally, I think we'll only know for sure how good this Eagles team is come Sunday night. It's experience is going to come into this though as well of the Super Bowl, right? We talked about this. So 13 of the current Chiefs squad were in the team when they beat the Niners and won that Super Bowl. 18 of the current squad have played for the Chiefs in a Super Bowl, played against the Buccaneers and lost. If you look at the Eagles, only now let me just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine total players have won a Super Bowl, not all of them with the Eagles. So it's not necessarily their first Super Bowl appearance, but only nine of them have actually won it. Um, That experience of being able to do it in the big game is massively important. How much do we think that is going to be a factor in a game where the quarterbacks are so capable of doing damage? 
don't all shit at once, lads. Dear Lord. It wasn't that hard a question. Does experience matter? You can, you can hear the cogs turning in people's brains. I, think, I just mentioned it there. I think I think I think that experience counts for a lot. But um, you you can be as experienced as you like. But if you're 14 points down and you've got a quarterback who can't run around like you meant to, then I don't think experience matters at that point. Well, if you're looking at experience, you've got to talk the coaching staff. You know, and Andy Reid has that experience in absolute buckets. So that's perhaps why. I'm not as worried about about Kansas City as I might have been, you know, because I say I think they'll they'll make sure they've got the right plays designed for Mahomes. They'll make sure that if if he is struggling, you know, they they've got a plan B. Nick Sirianni, if you if he's going to do what he's done to this point, I certainly wouldn't be concerned about it. But you never know, coaching the big moment. There's you know, there's always something new to learn. Uh, but he comes across as a really level headed interesting guy so yeah you you look for advantages where you can get them and head to head you would certainly say Andy Reid has got the advantage you ask what I think the Super Bowl is going to be I think it'd be a really ballsy call for anybody to take the ball and not to defer because that's the safest thing to do you always you know you so you get the ball start the second half I don't know whether the fact that there's such a gap because of the halftime show whether you like the halftime show or not another we'll get to that we'll get to that But I'm just talking about the impact on the players. You know, normally, you know, it's a quick 10 minutes. You know, you get, you know, the words at halftime. And if you've then got get the ball to receive, I'm wondering, you know, if possibly, yeah, the team might just say, look, you know, we want to establish ourselves at the top because it's such a long break. It's almost like you're starting the game again after such a long break. So it's just interesting things like that. I mean, the best thing you can do is obviously just call an onside kick and recover the ball. You know, that, that's the way that's the way with a Super Bowl, you know. Were you not listening to Peyton Manning recently when he said that nobody actually makes halftime adjustments, Paul? They just go in, have a cup of tea and an orange, and then go back out again. This <laughs> <laughs> is so one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. And he's like, no one bloody changes anything at halftime. It's because it's all scripted. So what's the point in changing it, right? We right. talked about this last week. <laughs> don't don't believe that for a moment. <laughs> I have to say, not for a moment. He might have sat back and relaxed on his couple of million dollars that's sitting for him. I'm sure the others did. At least the coaches shout at you. So I, I just, I think it's a long time to sit, and that might just again influence how how they want to try and play things. So off the field, we kick things off. Chris Stapleton, the country and western singer, will be taking us through the national anthem this year. Before He's we rubbish. Get- but is he right? Okay, I am he is. surprised. He's high. no, no, not being funny. He, he's one of these singers that he was a really good writer. Came out of nowhere, I think, with the song Tennessee Whiskey. I just think he's really, really overrated as a singer. I, I could name you ten better country singers. Slightly surprised. Hope he does well, but he wouldn't have been my first pick. And uh, I speak as somebody who likes country music. What's the over under on his uh, duration for the national anthem going to be? That's the question. He's, he's got that sort of gravelly type voice and uh, tends to beat the hell out of songs for me. So, yeah, could, oh, could be a right. long one. Okay, carry on. I'm going to find that out while we continue. It's right. I've got it. The over-under is two minutes and two seconds. Two minutes, two seconds. That's long. I think he'll be under that. He might get booed off halfway through. <laughs> Paul's going to do it. Then we move on to, our, well, actually, just having a look here, Super Bowl history. Um, so last year, the actual time was 1 minute 52. The year before that, uh, 2 minutes 17. 
Uh, Demi Lovato did it in one minute 49. So I tell you what, the over-under flicks for a few years, uh, under two minutes, over two minutes, under two minutes, over two minutes, under two minutes, over two minutes. And then before that, though, there's a run of over twos, a run of under twos. It's, I mean, there's really no way of knowing how this will go. Um, <laughs> in, in, in recent times... Do a podcast time. on the anthem next week. Since, <laughs> tw- since 2013... In fact, let's go further back. Since 2010, when Carrie Underwood... Uh, sang the anthem. It's Sunday night. Go on. There has only been three... <laughs> there's only been four occasions where the over-under was longer than the two minutes and two that's being suggested. Sorry to all the listeners out there. They had to hear my full say. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, God, you could tell that your team got bumped out in the championship game, that that's the most excited you've been all evening. <laughs> um, uh, what, can we not get to the main event of the evening? So the main event of the evening, now we need to get Paul's opinion on those. Unfortunately, Perry Como is still no longer with us, so once again, right, couldn't e- be booked easy for boy, the... Easy <laughs> couldn't be booked for the Super Bowl. But seeing as, seeing as it's not Perry Como, Paul, what are your thoughts on the entertainment at halftime? What will you be doing during that time, first of all? Uh, well, not watching A dangerous question. We'll, we'll be fine. Oh, I, so I you think screen off, just listen to the music. Because you don't want to, you don't want the be, pictures to ruin he's gonna, it. He's going to be in Disturbia. <laughs> no, no, I, I think if, if you if you've got somebody that can write lyrics like "Come here, rude boy, boy, can you get it up?" I mean that that's classic writing. Tonight, I'm gonna let you be the captain. Tonight, I'm gonna let you do your thing. Yeah. Tonight, I'm going to let you be a rider. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, babe. Now, th- these are lyrics that you think you know. I mean, that's probably in the Smithsonian. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, Oh, that's the start to the podcast done, by the way. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's just genius stuff. I mean, and it goes on for hours and hours and hours and hours. I mean, that song must have taken, you know, an IQ of about 10 to write. Paul, that's why she's singing about the fact it goes on for hours and hours. Oh my lord! God. Yeah. So no, I will not be watching the half. Well, I will be watching it just to see how bad it is. I hope no one's listening to this on the commute, dear lord. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear oh dear! You knew that's why I was going to look up the lyrics. Brilliant. Um, Here's the one to look out for, though. If you're if you're doing your over unders, four three out of the last four. But we'll come back to Rihanna. Three out of the last four uh, Gatorade colours have been blue. Um, that's the Rams, the Buccaneers and the Patriots all doused in blue. I don't think we're getting blue because I don't think either team's wearing blue. So I think they're going to intentionally go... Wa- if it's the Eagles that win, that's green. It's going to be green, surely. Anyway, we've moved off Rihanna. Um, I, I, Jamie, hang on, how, how do you go what? from Rihanna to Gatorade? <laughs> the colour of Gatorade. I mean, that that's a segue. These are the things that we're talking about. So I was thinking about Umbrella, and I was thinking about what could they do with Umbrella, and I thought they could throw Gatorade on her, and then it started making me think about Gatorade. So if she does an Umbrella, if she does Umbrella with Gatorade coming on to her, I'd be genius. Absolutely genius. It's perfect Super Bowl. (laughs) Paul, what's the the last halftime show that you enjoyed? Uh, um, The answer to that is Perry Como. Muddy waters. Let Let me consult. Prince obviously was the best. I don't think we can disagree on that, surely. Last year's was up there. I've last gone back and great. watched. I've watched last year's at least four or five times. Last year, um, absolutely someone, brilliant. I heard that the um, company that built the set 
which managed to not collapse when Fiddy was uh, hanging from the beams, has got a lot of construction contracts in Los Angeles as a result. <laughs> I thought Gaga was really good as well. I thought the whole start at the top of the stadium and jumped down, I thought she did a really good show. Well, me and Gordon are just sad that it's not Taylor Swift, but yeah, we don't mind Rihanna. Maybe that means she's year. got... That is, exactly. She's coming that to means the Stramash opening night bash in September. In, she's, been, in, she's been booked and she ain't pulling out like some twat that did. <laughs> <laughs> Maroon 5 is the answer to your question, by the way. The last one you enjoyed was Maroon 5. Eh, it was yep. all right. It was okay. Justin Timberlake the year before was oh, fine. Lady Gaga was fine. Timberlake um, I thought was rotten. I thought he was really poor. Uh, I really enjoyed was all Lady right. Gaga. The, the, Best in the last 10 years, Katy Perry, which was the last time in Arizona. She was Katie outstanding. Was she was absolutely was outstanding. The whole left shark thing remains a meme to oh, this day. You know, yeah. what a legacy. What a legacy. Um, what song are you hoping to hear first, Jamie, at the halftime uh, show? Raining Blood by Slayer, but it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> but I think Born to Run, probably. I'm looking forward to the cover. I think that'll be great. Charles, anything that you're pitching for up front? What's, what's my favourite Rihanna song? Um, well, it's no longer Rude Boy after I read it out. No. I totally, <laughs> I, I'm now disturbed. Disturbed. Um, is, is Calvin Harris going to be there? Are we going to have a I, Scotsman I, playing I was, halftime? I was going to ask. I was wondering, do we get a, um, a guest appearance from someone? Because actually... That her, her any one of her two or three Calvin Harris collaborations would be quite good. That'd be good. And she's done a few, and that's why I'm is Calvin going to be there? Yeah, I'm surprised he's not actually um been called up yet to the uh to the set to do his own um halftime show. I think he will do one day. Wouldn't that be amazing if we had a Scott doing the halftime show? So just having a look here, um the, uh, numerous Scottish media outlets are reporting that he is tipped to be one of the uh, guests. He is the favourite, indeed, to be one of the guests at the Super Bowl. So we could see a Scotsman at halftime. How exciting. How exciting. Yeah, we we, have to get, get we need to get Calvin everywhere. Harris. If we could get Calvin Harris to the week one event for the 2023 season, oof. He's never played the golf. I'm not sure he could handle the atmosphere, to be honest. <laughs> or the audience. That, that venue might be too big for him. <clears throat> indeed it might indeed it might by the way um just if you're looking for somewhere to go we need to talk about this as well the golf tavern have an event on dropkick murphy's have an event on hard rock cafe in edinburgh and glasgow malone's in edinburgh have an event on top golf absolutely fantastic we were very excited to give away that prize um congratulations uh to the winner and thank you everyone that took part if you if you didn't win Check them out and go along because you basically get to stand and play on the top golf range for the whole Super Bowl. Uh, it's an absolutely brilliant location. Top golf is so much fun, and the Stramash podcast are going along to check it out and have a game ourselves because uh, not everyone here has had the opportunity to to use it. I'm excited for them to do so. I, I pop my top golf cherry in Vegas, but what happens in Vegas stays oh, there, shit. so we'll not talk about it. Um, oh, Lord. There's certain quotes we just don't need. And to be fair, oh, that... That was a Rihanna lyric. It. Yeah, I know, but that's worse. That I is worse. I don't know. 
Anyway, I'm you pushed I'm the boundaries tonight. I, I am delighted to have been asked to the top golf event simply because Cameron wants me to drive. <laughs> well, we need a designated <laughs> driver. Ball bag. That's a proper low blow, that. It, it? it is. I would love you to come because we need somebody to drive. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> the party bus. <laughs> hey, my music. That's what you'll be getting oh, on the way there. And oh, back. my. I'll maybe take the train. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so prediction time. Let's get into predictions. How do you see this one going? I want, uh, I want a full-time score and who the MVP is. Who's going first? I'm going to start with Charles. Um, MVP, AJ Brown, Philadelphia 31, Kansas City 20. 31-20, AJ Brown. Wow. Jamie? Nope. Sacks, a plenty. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, 38. Philadelphia Eagles, 35. Ooh. Mr. Patrick Mahomes, MVP. That's oh. a romantic move. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, Based I'm on bitterness, say... too. Ah, a, little, a little streak of bitterness there. 31 27, it will go the way of the Chiefs and it will be Mahomes because it's only going to be Mahomes or it's going to be Hurts because they've got no imagination when it comes to picking MVP. So I am going to have 28 27 to the Eagles and I think it's going to be Hurts that's the MVP. Uh, and I'm going to go out on one and I'm going to say it's won by a field goal in the last 10 seconds. So you're saying they're going to be on 25 points? Yeah. That's going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> are they going to get to 25 points? They are... conversion? They are going to get to 25 points with a two-point conversion to bring them within a field goal to win the game. Because... <laughs> That's a scenario I didn't fully think through before I <laughs> went with my score. Uh, anyway, we think that we've never done this podcast for 200 odd episodes and you didn't understand the game. Well, I should have said there. 25 was, is a really I should have gone 31 30, and that would have made a bit more sense. But never yeah, mind. I've committed to it now. 28 okay. 27. I'm now going to have to with put a field goal. on that. I thought you were going to say that someone was going to miss an extra point, but no, you went for the really sort of elongated version. That's good. <laughs> well, they, they could miss an extra point and go. Yeah. No, yeah, you can't say that. No, you committed. Yeah, I did. I did. We'll stick to it. It's been a long week already. Um, where, where are, how are you going to watch this? Are you going to watch it on ITV, Sky, or via the Game Pass? If I'm in the house, I'll watch it on the Game Pass. But I've, I have been invited. I think, is it, you mentioned Malone's, so they've got yep. a thing on. Yep. I've, I've been invited to that, but frankly, I've got no idea whether I'll be awake at the moment. And so I'm wondering whether or not I get up at 4 a.m. Because at the moment, I'm waking up every morning at 4 a.m. So I might do that and just watch it on the Game Pass. We'll see. That's probably what will happen. I don't Jamie, think handle going to Mullins. Jamie Borthwick, this is a loaded question for you. Please answer carefully. <laughs> I've, I, I've heard that things that are broadcast on uh, Channel 3 are, uh, are, are infallibly <laughs> good. Um, but I, I won't have control of the remote, I don't think. 
Fine. So you'll be forced to watch whoever the uh, designated picker, uh, whoever uh, owns the house, owns the control, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll obviously have my views and, um, you know, make it clear that the advertising revenue pays my wages. <laughs> Paul? Uh, I won't have control of the remote control. My first choice would be Game Pass. My second choice would be ITV. I think we'll be watching on Game Pass. I think for me, the advantage and the difference here is it's the American ads. The American ads, if you can get them, it's just part and parcel of it. And it saves you having to watch them all on YouTube the next day as people collate the best stuff. It means that you can engage in some of the social media chat because if, like us, you follow a bunch of NFL people, you're going to hear about those ads. So um, I'm interested to see what ITV do with it, though. I think, you know, bringing someone new in, let's see if they've got interesting ideas. So excited to see that. But hey, there you go. Um, okay. Exciting. Very Any exciting. other news that you guys want to cover for this one? I want to ask Paul if he fancies De- uh, Derek Carr as his quarterback next year. Well, there was He's three- visiting the Saints. Yeah, there, there's, there's three things I've got on my list. One is Derek Carr. Would I take Derek Carr? Yes, I think most teams would take Derek. Is he not great on Marcus Mariota, who you didn't get last year? Well, Derek Carr, yes, is a better quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yes, so, yes. he's back to the playoffs. Woo-hoo. Well, I, I didn't say that because, I mean, the, Sa- the Saints have jettisoned quite a lot of their coaching staff, but not the main guy. Um, that's been drawn an awful lot of, you know, interest and intrigue. Um, you know, um, Zach Streif has left the building to go and join up with one of the things we're going to say. He's been picked up by Sean Payton, uh, who obviously got unveiled as the Broncos' new head coach. Um, and when he was asked about, um, you do realise Russell Wilson has got his own personal staff that come into the building with him. I think his reply was, well, he did. It's not happening um, now. Which, which ain't happening. I think big ups to, to, to Sean Payton. But I think the, the one thing I was going to talk about, I mean, a lot of pish gets slavered in Super Bowl week. Um, but how can Roger Goodell seriously come out and say that the officiating is at the highest level it's been? <laughs> I was going to ask you. Years. I was going to ask you next. <laughs> come on. I mean, never been matter, better. Whether, whether you think your team gets picked on or not, that, that doesn't matter. Never been that, better. That is Never. just absolute nonsense. Never been better. Sounds to me like Roger Goodell needs to go on a four-day darkness retreat. <laughs> I think we should all be going on a four-day darkness retreat. Uh, just so it happens that uh, your quarterback will do it during Super Bowl week, you know. Mm. Um I said your quarterback. It might not be your quarterback come come <laughs> September. He might he might come back into the light. Uh, realize he's not he's, he's been traded <laughs> oh dear that's, well, I suppose that's for the off season nonsense yeah if you are going to trade him that's the time to do it when he's on a wooden cabin when he somewhere. doesn't know <laughs> yeah with no internet <laughs> um, yes that, no, I think the old never been better claim carries about as much weight as Michael Beale's claim that Aberdeen are the third best team in Scotland absolute <laughs> horse shit um, not the case but yeah, these are sound bites, right? Um, already we're seeing that Sam Howell's going to start as the number one quarterback. Uh, Trey Lance is going to be back as the number one because Brock Purdy's not even had his surgery yet. The noise is is whipping up a frenzy already. And aren't we glad because it gives us something to keep talking about? So there you go. Uh, right, last question. 
What's the menu? This is the most important one. What is the food that is in play um, for the Super Bowl? So Charles I mean, shut his eyes there, either through anticipation of tasty treats or through sheer exhaustion um, and the fact that he needs his bed. Yeah, more the, the the last one. So I'm going to answer first. Um, so I did this last year, and I loaded up with nachos and um, got to the point whereby actually I forgot to I I basically forgot to buy enough cheese. It was a bit of a problem. So I ended up with loads of nachos and not enough cheese, and it was it was fine. But honest to God, I was tasting them for about eight days afterwards. So uh, I I I can't watch the Super Bowl without nachos. And my son has insisted on chicken wings recently, so I might, but I think I'll just stick to the nachos, to be honest, with some jalapenos. Jamie? I make an absolutely banging wing dip, wing dip. so I'll be making a, a large vat of wing dip, taking it down the road to my mate's house and then sticking it in the oven down there. Um, my local supermarket is very soon going to be running low on uh, Frank's hot sauce because... Um, I, I need a lot of it to create. You bathe in it, basically. Oh, yeah. oh, oh are, yeah. Are, do you, are, have we just created a litigation with um, Bonnie Sauce there? Yeah, why is it not Bonnie Sauce? Uh, to be fair, they don't do Buffalo. We'll work on that when we have to speak to say that's an off season project there. This is this is the quintessential Buffalo sauce, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. Which I can understand for chicken wings, that is the it's the right sauce. Yes. Yeah. It's it's the taste. It's a an, an ancient recipe handed down to me by my mate from Pennsylvania when he came over. <laughs> and I stood over his shoulder just salivating and he wrote it down on a bit of paper for me, which I hold to this day. You could always I, photocopy it, you know. I got a photograph of it just in case. <laughs> Quite right. I th- I'll be looking at spicy hot dogs because that's the way to go. That's just one of the, and that that came about. That tradition came about when I bought the wrong hot dogs um, a number of years ago and got the spiciest, chilliest hot dogs. You know, they say they're chilly and spicy, and you don't believe them. Shit, they were. Um, but I, our new our new phrase uh, when condemning something is should now be in, in the honour of Charles. It's all nachos and no cheese. It's all nachos that, and no cheese. No yeah. cheese. I think we 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 should be getting a an NFL. Stramash t-shirt with that put on it. <laughs> They're all nachos and no cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Um for me, I'm not in control. Normally I host. This is the first time in 10 years I'm going to someone else's to watch the Super Bowl. So someone else is in charge. We're getting Philly cheesesteaks and Kansas barbecue of some sort. So sticking with the teams and making it themed and I'm all for it. Excited for someone else to do the cooking. So it's uh can't wait to see what's on offer. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. So something to look forward to. Super Bowl is great. Listen, if you're listening to this and you're looking forward to the Super Bowl, damn right you should be because this is going to be a cracker. We will be sitting up watching it. We'll be doing our hot take on the other side of this as well. Going to try and get Jim Ballard for that one. Jim Ballard knows Nick Sirianni well. We both went to Mount Union as a college. So we'll be interested to get Jim's take on how things pan out. Um, but I think that's everything. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this one and every single one of our podcasts. Please continue to share your thoughts on social media. We love to hear them. So keep them coming. Yeah, make sure you tweet us your pictures of Super Bowl night and all the food that you're going to enjoy and we'll share them as much as we can. But for Cameron, for Charles, for Jamie, 
And for Gordon, who didn't bother to appear. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.